AFTO, a conversation with Stephen Mondernock about AFTO COVID-19 actions. Regretfully, this week we decided to go ahead and cancel the 124th Annual AFTO Educational Conference. Um, the real reason that we were unable to go forward was with the COVID-19 pandemic across the world. Uh, we just didn't think we could uh, hold uh, the conference that our um, participants expect. Um, first, many of them would be unable to attend uh, given their responsibilities at home and the travel limitations. It's unlikely they'll be uh, reduced and ready to fully travel by the end of June, beginning of July. Second, we expect many of the speakers will be unable to travel, including industry and government speakers. So that would greatly impact our ability to, to move forward with the program. And the third um, thing that really hit us was that um, we didn't. We, we think all of our audiences really need to be at home uh, as hopefully we're returning to our time of normalcy, that they'll need to be at home working uh, in their environments versus um, traveling to a conference. So we believe it's the best thing for our members and the best thing for everyone. Uh, we would note this is the first time in 124 years we have not gone forward with the conference. Uh, we did hold the conference through the Spanish flu, through two world wars, um, and uh, various other things, but this time um, we just believe it's so important for us to uh, show that we are good public health stewards and uh, not going to try to hold a conference during this time. We will be back in with uh, the new 124th annual conference in our 125th year in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we're very excited to go to Michigan, which, as many of you might know, is the uh, it was uh, really where AFTO was founded uh, in real terms. Uh, with uh, the Michigan Department, uh, with the Michigan Commissioner leading that charge. So we're excited to be there um, and we look forward to that meeting in 2021. What else is AFTO doing in response? We have uh, really been responding heavily to the COVID-19 uh, outbreaks in lots of different ways. Um, so one, getting information to our stakeholders about what's going on. Uh, we had a very early webinar with CDC talking about COVID-19 and helping getting them some early information. Um, in addition, we've been doing a lot of work for um, the inspection staff. Most of them can't do their routine activities in the way they were used to it and have time uh, available to do other things. So we've been doing a very large webinar series on a variety of topics, both like going to call soft skills and food uh, inspection skills. And those have been very popular. We've been averaging well over 1,500 participants a week in those. Um, we expect those to continue through April and probably into May um, to help serve that population and provide them the maximum opportunity to use their time well in something that's valuable. Um, in addition, we've been doing a daily newsletter on COVID-19, helping to distill all the information coming out and putting together that in a format that a program uh, staff can very easily look at in, a, in you know five minutes or so and get what's happened overnight, uh, particularly the food area, with a little bit of general information and drug uh, information also. So uh, early on, as we were tracking restrictions across the country, uh, still looking a little bit at those now, but we're going to be pivoting that um, as we go forward. The next thing we're really thinking about is the next level of what to do with staff and how might you uh, use your staff kind of in the next period of time. Also, what does recovery look like and when can things change and how do you approach reopening and moving uh, establishments and um, manufacturing back to normal operations? Um, so all those things are coming out, coming forward. Uh, we're working on those right now and we're excited and we think um, there's going to be some resources that will be helpful to our community um, in the very near future. How are you filling the AFTO conference void? 
So we're working right now with the program planning committee along with the various active committees to determine what uh, what pieces of content need to move forward now in a virtual manner. So we're working our way through that. I expect that we'll start seeing those program the last week of April and then continuing on through May and perhaps longer. Um, so we'll definitely be working on that. We're relying on everyone that's worked on putting this conference together to help us identify the right content to move forward in a virtual, in a virtual format uh, in the future. In addition, some content may appear podcasts instead of uh, presentations or both. Um, so we're, we're working our way through that and figuring out what the right method of, of getting the content out there is. Um, works. You know, in, you know, and we expect there'll be a few presentations that probably will wait. Um, we were very excited to have a, a, a really great speaker on um, working with millennials and uh, essentially motivating millennials um, that was going to be at the conference. That one, I think we're actually going to wait and take forward to 2021 um, as it's a, something that we saw really high demand for. And I think in person will be more effective on that. So we keep working our way through those pieces of the cancellation. But um, I go back to saying, mark your calendars for 2021 and plan to be there. Um, one other thing that I think might be of interest to the audience, we we're working on a first time session, uh, a pre-session to the conference, which was really focused on new food program uh, management and leadership staff, helping to give them some essential skills and essential knowledge uh, for their, their new roles. Um, that we're, we um, are continue to develop the program. Um, it's a one day seminar that includes uh, Lots of important information, lots of important exercises uh, related to everything from communications to managing federal funds to um, uh, you know, managing a disaster or crisis. You know, all those important things that are all part of a, a food program um, management uh, and leadership role. Um, we expect that we'll be offering that at other times, even before the 2021 meeting. So we're looking for other opportunities uh, to do that. That is one session, though, that we really believe in person is probably key on because we think working within and building that cohort of new leaders is very important in that process. We're also pretty disappointed that we won't be able to go forward with the uh, IF. PTI fellowship presentations, which have been a highlight of the conference for the last several years. Um, we can tell you we're working on an alternative method of, of going ahead with that. And we're also um, working to hopefully bring them to the, or we're planning to bring them to the 2021 conference so they can do their poster presentations also. How does this fill a void for members? We just can't do as many uh, inspections. And primarily, most of the, uh, the folks are inspectional staff that would be in the field every day doing uh, one or more inspections. Um, that is not able to happen in the manner they're used to right now in most locations. So we have to find alternatives. Um, the alternative of providing some continuing education, professional development opportunities, I should say professional development opportunities, is really important. Um, and this has been something that we can do to provide the community. Um, we continue to see really strong participation. Um, and it was one of the needs that we saw. When we surveyed programs, we saw over 80% of them this uh, we're doing some sort of continuing education training, professional development as part of um, what they were using for inspectional time since they couldn't do routine inspections. So what are members doing? Um, you know, one of the recommendations that AFTA recently made was that uh, that inspection staff not be in the, uh, doing inspections unless they are for cause necessary inspections. Uh, at this point in time, um, there are too many risks associated with staff being in the field, whether that be they get ill, or they um, get others ill, 
they'd be traveling, not maintaining um, social distancing is very, very hard in most of the establishments and facilities. Uh, further, it's really um, difficult um, when you're in multiple places over the course of a week to not potentially expose yourself and to expose others to uh, COVID-19. So we strongly recommend they not be in the flow. So what, I, what we're seeing though is lots of other innovative ideas. So we're seeing folks using phone-based uh, discussions with establishment to help coach them through the COVID-19 outbreak and other uh, key areas uh, for, uh, and, uh, and key areas for food safety. Um, we're seeing folks use this uh, as an opportunity to really um, hone in on their database. Uh, when I say that, go really make sure you have the accurate contact information, collect email addresses, that sort of thing. That may not be perfect at this point. We're also seeing folks do a lot of work um, as it relates to um, the updating policies and procedures as we mentioned earlier, a lot of training is happening right now. So we're doing a lot of things with the staff that are valuable. What recommendations has AFTO shared? COVID-19 has been a fluid time. Um, we don't necessarily know everything we would like to know at this point. I mean, the whole scientific community doesn't know things. We're learning more things every week. A handful of things were added to the symptom list even this week that we didn't know. Um, so it's a moving target. Um, but some of the things that we have done, uh, we just put out a recommendation for uh, agencies uh, that was threefold. The first thing that we recommended was do not um, continue with routine inspections, only do those targeted inspections that must be done. So when I'm saying that is for cause inspections. So complaints that are significant, foodborne illness investigations. And yes, there may be some need to do some pre-openings right now. Uh, we're, uh, you know, we don't want to restrict uh, the industry's ability to open if they, uh, there's a need for them to be open now. So those three types of inspections. Um, the second thing that we talked a little bit about was um, what personal protective gear um, folks should be wearing in the establishments. Um, so, um, you know, um, glove use is very well documented and what it needs to happen for food safety. Um, and there is, getting a hold of gloves is not a simple process right now. As you would imagine, there is huge demand for gloves. And what we're hearing from those folks in the industry is they really can't get a hold of more they were, than they were getting before. So if they're using gloves for every cashier at a grocery store, for example, that may make it so that they can't continue to operate other parts of the business. Um, that are very valuable to consumers and important also, or at some point they just won't have the supplies to be able to operate. So that's one of the pieces. The other piece is we've also recommended the use of the cloth um, mask as it was recommended by the CDC versus any other type of professional or personal protective equipment. Once again, that uh, equipment needs to be going to more frontline workers that are working in healthcare and emergency response right now and first responders, not uh, into the uh, the food industry. So that's the right place for that equipment. Um, the third item that we talked a little bit about was that inspectors that are going into facilities should be willing to answer health-related questions. At this time, industry is going to ask questions when you're entering their facility, and frankly, they should be. Um, you know, this is a, a unique situation uh, for right now, if they ask a handful of questions of folks as they're coming in to make sure, you know, to essentially minimize the risk and make sure it doesn't sound like that individual has the potential or is ill immediately, um, that would be prudent for an operator. So it um, makes great sense. We strongly support that also. Um, and, um, and an inspector should be prepared to answer those questions. Where can stakeholders go for more information? 
If you go to www.afto.org, we have everything right there. So there are two boxes right at the top of our webpage. One has all the most recent COVID-19 resources, and right below that are all the most recent training um, available, uh, virtual trainings that are available. The virtual trainings um, are normally announced at, uh, for a two-week period at a time. That doesn't mean more aren't added. Um, and there is at least one training activity every day during that two-week period. Uh, we're very pleased with that, and we continue to announce more and more trainings. Um, so definitely stay tuned for those. Uh, in addition, every Tuesday, we put out the two-week list um, to a broad audience. So that'll be coming to your desk also. Uh, so watch for that, and that'll go through the, um, essentially uh, the following Friday. Um, but we're excited about those. We hope you can join us in some of those. And if you have any ideas, please email us at afto at afto.org, and we'll definitely try to pull that together. Um, we greatly appreciate all the great suggestions we've heard from all of our other folks that have been watching thus far, and many of those have ended up as webinars. For more information, visit www.afto.org.